Hello, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers and welcome back. This is part two of the cycle of abuse and I'm gonna focus more in this section on the victim. So last time I talked about the four stages of the cycle of abuse. It begins with the building of tension, then the acting out, the abuse incident, then reconciliation, and then a period of calm. And as I said, abuse may escalate from cycle to cycle, although that's not always the case. And, and this, um, this can be so confusing to the victim, but it's also very compelling because it becomes a long-term pattern in the relationship where the abuser acts certain ways, but also the person abused responds certain ways. And that becomes, unfortunately, a stable pattern in the relationship. And sometimes um, the emotional signs can be more difficult to assess and to spot, like, you know, manipulation can be very cleverly done. And so a relationship can go, un, uh, can go pretty far down the road before things are undetected. And if they go pretty far down the road, that's um, just so much more distress for the person being abused. Okay, so there's some common types of abuse I mentioned. One is physical, such as hitting, pushing, biting, uh, leaving bruises deliberately where uh, they can't be noticed because they're covered up with clothing, burning, and any any other form of physical harm. Then there's a, uh, emotional abuse, manipulation tactics like blaming, fear, bullying, deception, gaslighting, all to control and cause distress. Sexual. This is imposing any kind of unwanted sexual activity or experiences, any sexual demands, uh, and, and it's not consensual, and it's not honoring. Verbal, insults, criticism, hurtful sarcasm, undermining any direct or underhanded verbal attacks. Neglect, this is often an overlooked form of abuse, but not attending to basic human needs for love, uh, for uh, emotional well-being, for physical protection, and so on. Technological, using technology like computer use, uh, monitoring computer use to control the partner. Financial, using financial control to keep a partner under wraps, uh, unable to act independently. Immigration, using immigration status as a leverage with the partner and stalking, which would just be constantly monitoring where they are and what they might be doing and who they might be with and demanding explanations. Remember, the abuser's motivation is they feel a lack of power, appropriate power, and so they try to create it illegitimately by controlling their partner. So they create a relationship culture that's based on conditioning their victim to respond in the way they want them to, to keep under their control. All right, so turning to the victim, what are some common characteristics of victims who are caught in this? 
And sometimes they can start out pretty strong, but end up so undermined over time that they even take on these characteristics. Low self-esteem, insecurity, anxiety, feelings of inferiority, too submissive, very compliant, dependent on someone else. They want to be taken care of. They may not feel deserving of respect. Uh, feel that control is equivalent to protection. Being too tolerant, accommodating things they shouldn't accommodate that violate their own rights as a human being. They may have been taught to be a nice Christian and don't stand up for themselves appropriately. They may feel stuck and unable to move out of that relationship. Or they naively want to believe that somehow things will get better and be okay. But false hope is not based in reality. So even after the victim gets away from their abuser, they need an intensive time of rebuilding personally their sense of self and their sense of safety. So how do we end the cycle of abuse? Well, it's not as easy as just leaving. Sometimes um, the person still feels afraid for their safety. Uh, if they have children, they may feel afraid for the safety of the children or their abuser has used the children and turned the children against them. Sometimes we worry about the welfare of our pets. We worry about financial loss, all of these things. And sometimes we don't have the resources to exit a situation. So these are all sort of common situations that help the abuser actually take advantage of the situation and keep us in that relationship. Uh, and many times when we're being emotionally abused, we don't yet even realize we're in the cycle of abuse because we're trying so hard to make that relationship work or we're so surprised it's kind of taken a downward dive and we're still like a hamster on a wheel trying to make it work. And, and it actually only tends to submit, cement things for the abuser. It just gives them more space to work and move in a terrible sort of way but it is possible to leave an abusive relationship. And it usually has to begin with identifying the toxic behaviors and then deciding that we just can't tolerate them anymore. So here's some things we can do to begin to end the cycle of abuse. One is we can confide in someone else. When we break out of isolation, that's really helpful. Um, sometimes the abuser has kept us isolated and, you know, we're loyal to each other and we don't tell others. But when we talk to a trusted friend or a trusted family member that can help us not only see the patterns, but verify them. Yes, I saw when that happened to you. That's not okay. That's abusive. Um, it really helps us to find language and, and say, yes, you know, I'm coming out of my denial. That is abuse. And it helps us just to have a safe person and a safe space to go to when we're in that tension and even the incident uh, uh, stages. Second thing is we can seek professional guidance. I said last time I was in a relationship like this and it helped me so much to get some counseling so I could navigate the challenges of that I identify the signs of abuse. And one thing I found so helpful is I could find words for it. Someone else saying, well, that's gaslighting, or that's this, or, or that's manipulation, and so on. 
And a professional can also help you not only identify that, but cultivate new thoughts and new behavior patterns so you can have some coping and uh, not just survival, but thriving sort of skills. And it's important, even if you get away from the abuser, you're gonna have some after effects of this, depending on how long you've been in the cycles. And you, one of the things you have to honestly do is look, look at yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit and the help of others and say, why did I tolerate that so long? And how can I find a healthy identity and be full as a person because that is going to help me moving forward in other relationships. And a professional can also help you with a, a safety exit plan. If you are being physically abused, you need to get out of an unsafe situation, but you need to get out of it safely. Um, you need to rebuild your confidence because confidence will have been lost. And you have every right to be in a safe and respectful relationship. And you may not even feel that right now. You may just feel so confused or, you know, I won't find anything better than this. I won't find anyone better. The abuser may have even told you that because that, that's what they want you to believe so they can continue to exert power over you. But that's not true. We can all change when we begin to realize what has been and what is possible. So it's natural if your confidence has been affected. And so it'll, it's just helpful sometimes to do the small things. You know, what brought you joy before? Can you, can you pick up your painting again? Can you go for a walk? Can you reconnect with some loved ones that maybe you've disconnected from and haven't seen in a while? Can you invest in some education? Even if it's not formal education, it can, it can make you feel so empowered to be a learner again and to feel like you're doing something for yourself. And especially if you have some lingering anxiety and lingering depression from this, you may need professional help with that or even, um, you know, medication for a while. Uh, engaging in relaxation techniques is helpful and or that's a good protection for your mental well-being anyway. Seeking outside intervention. Now, not everyone's abusive situation is the same. Uh, you may not feel safe ending that cycle of abuse on your own, and that's okay. Um, one of the things I could recommend is there are some great abuse hotlines out there in every community. The church should be a good resource. Unfortunately, the church hasn't always had a good record of understanding this. And it, the church is not immune from this. There are many churches who haven't understood the cycle of abuse and they've sometimes given women, and men are abused too, but they've given them counsel that throws them back into the abuse and just lets the abuser continue with his usually narcissistic behavior. It just enables them. Uh, if they're told just to forgive and submit again, mm -mm. of course we forgive. But how we walk that out needs to be with great wisdom. And we have to understand the nuances and the complexities within a relationship and where the power differential and imbalance is. Um, you know, many women have been battered at home emotionally or physically and then show up on Sunday in their Sunday best and put a smile on their face and that they are desperately 
hurting inside and the church ought to be a safe place for that. These women often feel ashamed, they feel responsible, they feel like a failure, they keep trying to submit to this evil. We don't submit to evil. They keep trying in a codependent way to forgive, to fix the relationship, and they prioritize, often because they've been taught this, they prioritize their commitment to the marriage at the cost of their own personal safety and sanity and well-being. And how can that be the Lord? He never tells us to put ourselves in harm's way, to lose ourself in this way. He loves us. He loves marriages too. And he loves us committed to marriage. But sometimes there is real evil that we have to step back from, at least for a while, to see if there can be any help in saving that relationship. <clears throat> Victims need support. They need a lot of support. And sometimes they need a place of physical safety for a season until they can get back on their feet. They need not to be pushed into a decision. Sometimes they're just not yet ready to fully uh, engage in some new behaviors. So they need education about what's going on. They need professional help. They need a church who understands them and they need a lot of support. So I, help, I hope that these two parts on the cycle of abuse have been not just informative and educational, but helpful to you if you're in the cycle and helpful to you if you're helping another person who's caught in this cycle. Bless you, and I hope you'll join me again next time.